The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, still... No change. There's still a massive manhunt is underway in Maine. Yeah. After the mass shooting that left at least 22 people dead and 30 wounded, according to uh, Fox News, sending law enforcement source, we've seen anywhere wounded between uh, 20 and 50. Yeah. Depending on what what, yeah. what source you're you're looking at. Right. And they said not all were due to being shot. Right. Um, and many reporting, many of the outlets reporting, again, 22 dead. Um, this is what happened in Lewiston, Maine, last night around 7 p.m. local time. Two shootings reported there in Lewiston with multiple casualties, according to Maine's Department of Public Safety Commissioner. And then they uh, realized, again, that, and, and I was watching this as, as it was unfolding, and the story was breaking because there were two different sites one was a bar and grill. The other one was a bowling alley. And so they said that the shooter showed up at, at each of these. Again, multiple victims. And later this morning at 1030 Eastern, there is a press conference that is scheduled. Of course, I think the authorities will reach out to the media if between now and then this person of interest is apprehended. They did locate a vehicle that that was of interest and that's several hours ago that they found that vehicle uh but again no uh, no progress on on finding the person responsible for these uh these shootings these mass this mass killing last night in lewiston maine um it's not a big town uh roughly uh, so it's not a big town, as you can imagine. The hospital system there overwhelmed as uh, the trauma unit uh, had to, uh, of course, go to work on on treating all of those who were wounded. And then there's the investigation. But job number one is finding the person responsible uh, for these shootings. Again, last night in Lewiston, Maine, which the reports started coming across at about 7 p.m. local time. 
while a suspect has not been named, Lewiston Police Department uh, identified 40-year-old Robert Card, a person of interest. Uh, according to an internal uh, main information and analysis center bulletin that was put out, Card is a firearms instructor who has military experience and uh, also... Um, they stated, I'm trying to still see if this is part of the the uh, the the update. Yes, he was reportedly uh, committed to a mental health facility for two weeks this past summer, mm. summer of 23. Mm. And uh, said that uh, in another uh, update that I saw that one of the reasons that uh, he was uh, committed was because he was hearing voices. Mm. Uh, it was around 11.30 p.m. when uh, Maine Department of Public Safety uh, says they found the vehicle of interest. That was found in Lisbon, about eight miles from Lewiston. But the person of interest still remains at large. And the officials there in Lisbon say that their all of their town offices are going to be closed until this danger is uh, is behind them and, and this person mm-hmm. is found. So they're asking everyone in that area to shelter in place. And, and the one thing is it was two separate locations where he is considered the person of interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, one was a restaurant bar mm-hmm. and grill, the other a bowling alley. And they look to be a few miles apart by the map. I don't yeah. have a, uh, a mileage indicator here, so I can't yeah. tell exactly. But you're talking about, you know, uh, definitely looks like 15, 20 blocks at the minimum. Mm-hmm. city blocks away from each other in a town of 37,000. So, uh, you know, you, uh, I guess what hasn't been reported is, was it just random at those places or were they targeted specifically? Yeah, that, that would be the question. Um, you know, both of them seem to be recreational destinations. I don't know if that plays into it or if they, it, it was just random. But uh, we will bring you any updates between now and the end of our show, uh, if there are any updates. Uh, and hopefully the authorities can find the person responsible here and apprehend him. Um, there's, a, again, a press conference from the police department there in Lewiston, Maine, scheduled for 1030 Eastern. And I think the asterisk there would be, uh, unless they apprehend the individual that is the person of interest, uh, then it would be earlier. But uh, if not before then, 1030 will be the next time we hear from Lewiston PD. And uh, it, it, the still shots that, that uh, have been circulated are just scary. And uh, authorities are saying this person of interest has military experience and as he's walking through the, there's a couple of photos of him walking through the door, the door at this bowling alley, one of the two locations. And uh, you hear the stories uh, from witnesses of, of course, children being around. Um, but this is, you know, chaotic and, and, and people are uh, frightened beyond belief and, and scattering, having to run. And then the authorities are having to, as they're called to these locations, having to determine, as is always the case, as people come out of these buildings, they're searched. They're, they have to be, you know, uh, they, they have to be patted down in some cases. 
uh, according to some of the witnesses there. Um, but I can't imagine being in that situation. And our thoughts and prayers are with all the families who suffered a loss and with those uh, in those communities dealing with this. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, uh, we've got a new Speaker of the House, Representative Mike Johnson. Yesterday, he delivered his first official address. Here's some moments of his first address to Congress. Thank you all. Uh, first, uh, a few words of gratitude. I want to thank uh, Leader Jeffries. Uh, I do look forward to working with you on behalf of the American people. I know we see things from very different points of view, but I know that in your heart you love and care about this country and you want to do what's right. And so we're going to find common ground there. All right? I would ask the question, could you please tell me where the common ground is right I, now between Democrats and Republicans? Like, I mean, yeah. that would be the question of substance you I, would ask. Could you give me an idea of where that common ground I, is? I, I hear those words, common ground. I've never seen an actual map of what that ground looks like. Well, the I think the interesting thing is, let's play this audio. I, I'll, I'll, I will say this. What led to Mike Johnson becoming speaker did require the work of a handful of Republicans and all the Democrats. <laughs> it yes. was a bipartisan yes. Yes. effort. It was a bipartisan led by effort. Matt Gates. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll say that. But, There's your common ground. But common ground on the issues, hmm. for example, let's see. Well, let's listen to this comment because, or, or this part of his speech, because this seems to be. Uh, that what he said here would probably get approval from 80% of Americans. All right, here it is. All right. We, we have a catastrophe at our southern border. The Senate and the White House can no longer ignore the problem. From Texas to New York, wave after wave of illegal migrants are stressing our communities to their breaking points. We, we know that our streets are being flooded with fentanyl, and all of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. 
The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. So you would think there's bipartisan cheering for that because you could take that either way. You could take that if you're a Democrat. You could say, well, okay, yes, uh, we need to end this humanitarian and national security crisis at the border by having comprehensive immigration reform, whatever the hell that means. Right, right. You know, if you're a Democrat or we need to secure the border first if you're a Republican. But the Democrats did not stand for that. So, no, probably going to be tough to find uh, some common ground uh, there. I did like on CNN. Uh, and if you listen to the first hour of the show in our podcast or, or somewhere in the first part of the show, mm. uh, we did play the uh, uh, CNN panel together. And uh, one of the comments that was made was, eh, he's really hard to demonize because yeah. of the manner yeah. in which he speaks. Right. He's he's really conservative, but he's really tough. And you heard the first thing that he did was thanks speaker or thanks speaker jeffries mm. <laughs> well it could have been my and if the gop doesn't get it together house, it might be in january of 25 house minority leader jeffries yeah. he thanked him one of the first things that he did and said mm. we can you know we find our, our our common ground and all that you know Blah, 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 yada, 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 Seinfeld yeah. episode there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but said very tough to uh, to, to demonize. Uh, Matt Gates came out and said, see, it was worth doing what we did because we got a more conservative speaker. Well, when you actually look at what is going to change, and you can make the case, yes, that Mike Johnson is more uh, conservative than uh, than a uh, M- McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, we had played that when McCarthy said, a co- was a couple weeks ago, he had said something about, he, uh, you know, that we need to be concerned about this and not climate change, even though climate change is important. Yeah. And I remember I said mm-hmm. on the I said to you, I said, do you have to be a if you're a California Republican, do you have to say something like that? Remember, I, I'm and, guessing. Yes. Yeah. And, and in Bakersfield, they're kind of surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and but as as we've said legislatively speaking, what will change? Because what Matt Gates wanted was the government closed down in a couple of weeks. Yeah. If they didn't get what they get, if they yeah. didn't get what they got. Mm-hmm. Well, now one of the first things that uh, he was talking, uh, he was talking about and the wall street journal pointed this out. Well, there, these, the eight led by Matt Gates are giving him leeway. They never gave McCarthy, which is, you know, he wants to have a temporary spending bill go through next year, maybe yeah. through next right. June. Right. And they right. didn't want McCarthy to even have, a plan that came from the House, uh, the uh, House Freedom Caucus, right. to go for three, three or four weeks. Three or four weeks, right? Well, look, I would love uh, for you know this whole thing to pan out in favor of uh, conservative policy being the case and being the the agenda, and also effectively getting through in the House. I would love to be wrong about saying this changes nothing because the makeup in the house isn't different i i think i'm right about that but if i'm proven wrong in the long run great that means america wins but you and i have been doing this for a long time and with it doesn't matter who the speaker is it doesn't i'm not against jim jordan i'm not against matt gates i'm not against mike johnson I wasn't against Kevin McCarthy. 
I have my disagreements on the issues and on things that some in the GOP float. Um, and th- those are things that we, we can say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a liberal approach to this or that. And we can say, no, we disagree with that. I can we can have disagreements within the party, even the party that we support, even the people that I actually have already voted for. But I don't have any expectations that it will change anything. Now, the good news is we can move on. Yeah. And we should have and talk issues and talk issues because we and 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 I hope, by the way, if that's the one thing that comes out of this. To the point that Mike Johnson can get the points across and in the media, and it leads to a greater victory of a greater margin for the GOP in the House. And it helps to lead to a victory in the Senate, and it helps to lead to a victory in the White House with the GOP getting the Senate and the White House, then that's a win. And I'll give it the thumbs up then. But... It doesn't change the makeup, and in order to right. change the makeup, you have to change hearts and minds. And, and we maybe Mike yeah. Johnson can do that. Well, we always view this as a strategy thing, not a not a great difference in in our opinion on the issues, right. whether it's Gates or whatever. Right. Gates right. and right. the other eight wanted the government shut down. Now mm-hmm. they didn't like the three week or four week deal or whatever it was four or five week deal. Right? They didn't like that. Right? You know, they didn't like the continuing resolution. Mm-hmm. And then when Jim Jordan, uh, one of the things he was selling. Uh, was not just a continuing resolution, but he was also talking about trying to get blue state uh, blue state Republicans to vote for him mm. by doubling the SALT deductions, which is completely against what Gates or anybody wanted. Right, right. And so he was actually going further than McCarthy in order to get the speaker. Then, then they claimed McCarthy was going. So that made no sense. And then Mike Johnson comes up, and the first thing he talks about is a continuing resolution all the way through next June. Yeah. And Gates is fine with it. Right. And so what was this all about is the is the question. That's, but that's the question. If it's about if Gates is happy now and there are everybody's focused on winning in 2024, the big picture, well, then I'm fine with it. If 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 they can, again, operate as a group, as a party and they can focus on 2024. Yeah, that's a win. right. But I don't see what Gates won. I, I don't see it other than the personality conflict. Yeah. I mean, because I can't, what I can't do is go back and say whether or not, let's say they there's a greater victory in 2024. Well, you can't say that that wouldn't have happened under McCarthy. Yeah, now Gates there, said, there's no way yeah. to prove that it wouldn't yeah. happen because McCarthy's no longer speaker. Gates said, Gates said yesterday, we win because we got a more conservative speaker. Well, that doesn't change anything. Right. It doesn't change your negotiations with, uh, in fact, if you have a more conservative speaker, then according to what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, you should shut down the government now. Right. And that's not going to happen. The opposite's going to no. happen. You're going to allow it to, to go out, you know, all the way till next June. So right. that never made sense because you never said, he wasn't saying three weeks ago, I want a more conservative speaker on the issues. He wanted somebody who would shut down the government. Right. It's what he wanted. Yeah, he he wanted right. real cuts. He wanted now, you know, at real now, not continuing resolutions, and nothing's going to change there to the point where he didn't vote for the House Freedom Caucus 
the most conservative part of the House, of the GOP House Mm -hmm. members, who were the ones that, you know, put out a continuing resolution. He wasn't for that. Right. He didn't want that either. Right. So it wasn't about even the specific issues of what you could get now. It was the length of what he wanted was was a budget now that went way out. Right. Or closed down the government. Well, now he doesn't hold that opinion. Right. From what I know, unless he says he does today, but he didn't say that yesterday. No. Nope. 86690-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested. Trusted. Guaranteed. Since 1920. Food insecurity in the U.S. as of 2022 is up from the previous year. Among the findings in USDA's latest edition of the Household Food Security in the U.S. report released Wednesday. Food insecurity increased from 10.2% in 2021 to 12.8% in 2022. USDA research economist Matthew Rabbit says that reflects the number of households that had difficulty at some point during the year providing enough food for members of the household due to lack of resources. In addition, in 2022, 5.1% of U.S. households had very low food security, and this was statistically significantly higher than the 3.8% that was estimated in 2021 and the 3.9% estimated for 2020. 8.8% of children were food insecure at times in 2022, up from 6.2% the prior year. Rabbit adds the majority of household demographic groups report year-over-year increases in food insecurity. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, now that we have a, a speaker, hmm, really some interesting things coming in on the Biden scandals. Say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, so we uh, we know because it uh, it hit uh, last week the uh, uh, $200,000 supposed uh, loan repayment from James Biden mm-hmm. uh, to Joe Biden. And when that happened, there were a couple of days of silence. We were wondering, how is the White House going to respond? Mm. Well, James Biden responded and said, I was simply paying, I was simply paying back. And, and, and by the way, he had gotten this, you know, the, the health care company. I can't remember the name of it here at the moment. I don't have it here in front of me. Was it uh, not AmeriCorps? <laughs> Whatever it was called. The, uh, the, the, the health care company that he promised he would get to this healthcare company that James Biden and this is in the bankruptcy filings of this company yeah. that they gave right. uh they gave a total of six hundred thousand dollars 
to James Biden because Biden told him he could use Joe Biden to get them funding from the Middle East to save to save them. Yeah. And the day that the company transferred two hundred thousand dollars to James Biden, he transferred the money to Joe Biden and called it a loan repayment. Right. Uh, And so James Biden came out and said, no, 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 I was just repaying the loan. And, you know, implying that he had other money, that he didn't use that money. He had his own money. Comer came, Comer came back. James Comer came back and said, we've got the, we've got his personal bank accounts. He didn't have the money to pay his brother. AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps. Yeah. And so the, the money came directly from AmeriCorps into James Biden account and then paid to, 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 uh, to, to Joe Biden right. for, for a loan. Then you had Goldman, Representative Dan Goldman, who has made horrible mistakes in defending Joe Biden, mm-hmm. I think did another one when he came out and he said, well, the Republicans and Comer, they're going after they're going after Joe Biden, who's just trying to take care of his family. In this case, Joe Biden loaned money to his brother and his brother was just paying him back. And so they're going after a man who loves his family. Yeah. And Comer said, it doesn't matter whether uh, Joe Biden ever loaned James money or not. That does. In fact, if he did loan him money. That makes it worse because at then at that point, you have intent for why James Biden told AmeriCorps he could get him financing by using his brother so they'd give him money yeah. to repay his brother back who was getting upset that he had loaned money to his brother who wasn't paying him back. Yeah, and you're making it worse. Yeah, you're making your Goldman's actually making it worse again. And then they sort of drop that narrative completely, and then there's been nothing the last couple mm-hmm. of days on it. Mm-hmm. Well, then this came out. The FBI maintained – this is really incredible when you think mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. now. This, this, I look at the $200,000, which again shows money was transferred. Yeah, sure. The F, then this story came out. The FBI maintained more than 40 confidential human sources on various criminal matters relating to the Biden family – including Joe Biden, dating back to his time as vice president, according to information obtained by Senator Chuck Grassley. The confidential human sources provided criminal information to the FBI relating to Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden. Those confidential human sources were managed by multiple FBI field offices across the nation, including the FBI's Seattle office. But Grassley learned that an FBI task force within the Washington field office sought to, and in some cases successfully, shut down reporting and information from those sources by falsely discrediting the information as foreign disinformation. Hmm. That effort caused investigative activity to cease. However, despite those efforts by the FBI task force, Grassley said, in at least one instance, a confidential source and its information has been vetted by multiple U.S. attorneys' office, which found no hits to known sources of Russian disinformation. The revelations were laid out in a letter Grassley wrote to Attorney General Merrick Garland 
and FBI Director Christopher Wray late Tuesday night. The letter was exclusively obtained by Fox News Digital. Quote from the actual letter, Mm. based on the information provided to my office over a period of years by multiple credible whistleblowers, there appears to be an effort within the Justice Department and the FBI to shut down investigative activity relating to the Biden family, Grassley wrote to Garland and Ray. Such decisions point to significant political bias infecting the decision-making of not only the Attorney General and FBI Director, but also line agents and prosecutors. He added, our republic cannot survive such political uh, infection, and you have an obligation to the country to clear the air on this. So now that the focus, I mean, there's still going to be focus on Israel, but the focus on Israel doesn't help the administration at all. The only thing that was helping the administration is the chaos going in the Republican Party trying to find a speaker, but that's gone now. And by the way, something happened, and I said this last night when you were gone, Mm. because when I I saw the, the, uh, the video of Mike Johnson and everybody in Congress surrounding him, and I played the quick, it was only like a minute and a half speech that he made. Yeah. And I said after the speech on air, I said, well, he's going to be the speaker. He's got the vote. That wasn't a I'm the nominee. That was a victory speech. Something yeah. Yeah. changed. And Representative Lawler said no after, you know, uh, uh, after, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Jordan? Emmer, uh, no, Emmers oh. was, was, uh, was out. So, you know, he said, everybody decided, OK, we've got to We got to have a speaker. And so every, everybody rallied around. Yeah, yeah. Mike Johnson at that point, because that, I thought it was going to be Emmers. And then when yeah. Emmers dropped out, it was like, OK, what do you do from here? Because the chaos will either you either as a party have to look at this and say enough. We need to pick one. Give them the votes and we need to get our stuff together. It was it was obvious that everybody had enough, and and Representative uh, Lawler of New York actually said he goes, everybody decided he goes this became about personalities, yeah. not about issues. He no, said it, was, it. He goes, this is personality. We we said we said, said from it. the beginning, yeah, it's a personality conflict. That's yeah. all this was, and then it became anger at everybody during the process of trying to find another speaker. Yeah, it became more personal from everybody up there. Right. I don't know who got everybody together to say it stops now because that was the question. How long will this continue? I mean, to go on for three weeks to begin with was unbelievable. We haven't seen that in American history. And so you're like, okay, what was it? What was it that made them? Was it internal polling? What was it? Or who was it? Or Mm. what group of the members of, of the House said this stops now? We've got to come to a decision and get this damn thing done. Somebody had to say that it had to be there because it changed. Eric, it changed in a matter of hours. It went from pure chaos to boom, everybody in line. Right. And I, you know, they knew that with every passing moment and every failed vote, that's Emmer's saw the writing on the wall. Both yeah, he, weren't going to be there. He was out quick. He was out. He was like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Yep. So then it becomes, all right, 
We need to understand that it just needs to be every somebody that everybody can live with between now and January 25. It's got to be pick one, but it's got to be one and we got to move on. We got to get these votes and got to get it done. I don't know who whips those votes in in a situation like that. When seemingly just hours before, and it really did change in a matter of hours on the day leading up to Emmer's drop, you know, during that day and Emmer's dropping out, it was like, okay, then now it's a whole new direction. And I, I really think it's because, and I don't know who saw it, but who convinces the entire group, listen, every effort of anybody we put in, if we're going to sit here and go down and, and, and we're going to split hairs here, And we're going to go down this road every single time. We're never going to elect a speaker. We've got to get this behind us. Well, what I was thinking of, the the reason, because it changed within a matter of hours, because even in the final conference vote, Mm -hmm. it was like, and and I'm doing this from memory. So, I mean, I have, but it was like uh, uh, Johnson had like 117 votes. Yeah. You had, oh, I don't know, what was it? 70 votes or something for Byron Donalds. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then like 33 for McCarthy still. Yeah. As almost a protest vote. Right. Yeah. From the McCarthy supporters that were always there. Mm-hmm. And at that point I went, okay, nah, you know, they're still not willing to do it. Right. They're still not, there's fights going on back and forth. And then boom, you saw, because remember when it, when it came out, because I, st- I just went, the groan, it was a half groan, half laugh when it was like, okay, if they if they can't get Johnson in, well, then we may have co- a co-speakership uh, be- with uh, Jordan and McCarthy with a co-speakership. Sh- uh, and I'm like, stop not, it. Yeah. Stop this. Right. Well, stop in order to do it. that, you're going to have to get the votes to change the rules. Well, how do you get yeah. those? The same way you get a speaker. <laughs> I mean, it just became ludicrous. But something changed, and they had to come together, I think, as a group. Because I think a couple of things could be the fact that Israel's only going to wait for so long for the Biden administration. By the way, there was reports coming across in recent hours. Israeli forces conduct a very brief, large ground incursion into northern Gaza. They're not going to wait for Joe Biden. And we're going to have to be united in, in, in being the strong ally of Israel that we should be. And maybe, I don't know, maybe there was some intel coming across. And they said, look, things are going to go down and we can't afford to be here in this musical chairs situation. We need to get this done and get it behind us. Yeah, something changed maybe, in a matter I, I don't of know. hours. Yeah, something and changed. it just happened Pretty darn yeah. quick. Be interesting to see if anybody like the Hill or something, anybody who's really close and has their ear to the ground at yeah. Capitol Hill, because what actually happened. Because I mean, the head count doesn't yeah. really change much when you think about it. Because their positions, you know, all of their given positions haven't changed. So how does it end up being Mike Johnson? 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. 
In Toronto Radio, he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, they said that uh, the person of interest um, uh, in that in the shooting, the mass shooting in uh, Maine, apparently, as you said, left his uh, car in uh, Lisbon. Right. Right near a boat dock. Mm. And I don't know, you know, I haven't seen in the national stories whether they're saying, you know, they, you know, well, I, I guess the assumption is he's on foot or on boat if it was near a boat dock. Yeah. I guess, but uh, it's actually outside uh, the town, and that's why everybody is, you know, been ordered to stay inside. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be in place for yeah uh, a few towns in that area. It's got to be pretty fearful, though, if you live in that area yeah. and you know he's yeah. on the loose, right? Uh, you know, with that, with the gun or uh, whatever he has, whatever mm-hmm. armament he has, and right? Being a you know a gun instructor, a Right. This is somebody who has the training. Uh, and it kind of, you, if you look at some of the pictures, uh, it was uh, the way he was holding the rifle. It was indicative of somebody who, was, who has that kind of training. And, of course, then um, he's armed and dangerous and maybe especially dangerous as a result of that training and experience. And, of course, not being of uh, the right state of mind, as he's already killed, uh, authorities say, uh, over 20 people and injured many others. And now you just, I, I wonder what we will see in the coming hours because daylight is still, uh, we're looking at another hour roughly there before we start to see any de- daylight, which will help them in their search. They can search by air. Uh, and then beyond that, if we don't hear anything from authorities, there is a scheduled press conference from local police in Lewiston, Maine at 1030 Eastern this morning. Before we get out of here, that representative Jamel Bowman was charged for the fire alarm yeah. stunt, but he did a plea deal. Yeah. You right. see, he did a plea deal, yep. so he gets yeah. fined and yeah, it's off his record if he stays clean for three months. But, right. you know, Breitbart was the first to report that he actually knocked down the signs. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. He lied when he said, oh, he was just trying to get to the meeting, whatever. Yeah. He, yeah. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.